let's go ahead and go to the message right now. Let's go to First Peter chapter five for the la- This is, I believe, the fourth week. We've been uh, speaking specifically on the subject of uh, spiritual warfare and to deny the spiritual world and to deny the spiritual is really to deny everything there is about the Bible. Of course, um, you know there there is a spiritual world, heaven. It's a spiritual place. I personally believe heaven. You know, when I was a kid, I always thought heaven was somewhere in outer space. And anybody know why I might have thought that as a kid? Anybody ever heard the song, Somewhere in Outer Space, God has prepared a place for those trust me. So I always thought, you know, way out there, super far away somewhere, you know, so no rocket ship could get to it or anything. Uh, heaven was out there somewhere. Maybe you know the light from it was one of the stars that we were looking at. And you know, as I got older, as I'm studying the Bible, I'm like, I don't think heaven's in outer space. I, I personally think heaven is right up there in the sky. However, it's a spiritual place, and uh, therefore we cannot see it. But just because it's spiritual and just because we can't see it does not mean. That it's not real. It's it's totally real. Just like angels, just like you know demons, they are absolutely real, but they are invisible to us. All we can see, and most really what we know, is the physical, the flesh. What you know, what we can see with our eyes. But to, to deny the spiritual is really to deny just about everything about the Bible. It's all over the place, and these things they they go hand in hand. We can't see the spiritual. I believe one of the main reasons we can't see the spiritual is because we can't handle it. For example, if we were to see God in our sin, sinful condition, it would kill us. And uh, we, we know that through the Word of God. I think if we could see the devil and the demonic forces that are out there, I think it would probably scare us to death. And therefore, uh, we can't see that. And that's probably... A good thing for us, and we we talked before about some examples of people who have gotten a glimpse. And this morning, I mentioned I do believe sometimes uh, there's people that you know when they came close to death have gotten a peek at what's on the other side. I believe in that stuff because it is it's a very real place. It's a very real thing. And what goes on in individual people's lives? There is, there is a spiritual battle that's going on in every one of your lives in here today. If you are, if you're lost, there is a battle, a spiritual battle for your soul. The Holy Spirit, He wants to see you saved. He's going to convict you of your sin. He is going to, the Holy Spirit is going to point you to Jesus Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit always does. We've got churches today, they're always focusing on the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit never focuses attention on itself. The Holy Spirit always focuses attention on Jesus Christ. That, that is His job and that's what He does. Points you to Jesus Christ. So you will get saved and then He can indwell you and you can go to heaven. But then if you're saved, the spiritual battle is not over. Now the devil, he's got to try to keep you from making a difference. He's got to try to keep you from going and winning other people to Christ. I mean, if you get saved, you are now a pretty big threat. You have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside you. That is far more powerful than Satan. And let me, let me tell you something. Satan versus any of us 
Okay, none of us are a match for Satan at all. But when we up with Christ, then Satan is no match for Christ. And that's why we want to stay as close to him as possible. And tonight I want you to go to first Peter chapter five, verse eight. Because this is well, this verse here, this is not just for lost people. I believe this is for I, I believe this verse is for Christians. This is specifically for Christians. And we definitely want to take this serious. And like I said, this is this is real stuff we're talking about. And it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Your adversary, pay attention kids, your enemy, the devil. I hope the devil's your enemy tonight. I know there's people out there who claim to be Christians and claim to be followers of Christ, but boy, they sure seem like they make a better friend of the devil and seem more like an enemy to Christ than they do uh, you know, a friend of Christ, an enemy to the devil. You really can't tell. But the Bible says, your adversary. So if this is saying your adversary, who's this verse talking to? This is talking to Christians. This verse is talking to the saved people. And it says that Satan, he's walking about like that lion, seeking whom he may devour. And the title of the message tonight is just, whom Satan may devour. Who can he get? Because we know that he's looking. We know Satan. If you're, and I'm just going to assume everybody in the room is saved tonight. I'm going to preach to you like you're all saved here tonight. I can't see your hearts. Only God can. But I believe this is a message for saved people. Satan wants to devour you. I don't think know if there's anybody in here necessarily that he's like, I'd rather not have them. Okay, there's some Christians I've known that I don't even think the devil would want, but I think the devil wants just about. I think he wants anybody he can have. So really, what's stopping him? Because once again, you and I we're no match for the devil. Obviously, Jesus, uh, you know, the devil is no match for Jesus Christ. But if it says here he's seeking whom he may devour, who he's allowed to devour. So we know that Satan can devour some Christians and he has many times. You've heard the stories of Christians, people that served God and maybe did great things for God who fell into deep sin and got in huge trouble. I personally believe believe Satan devoured them. Satan got the better of them. And we all better beware. It says here, be sober, be vigilant. Okay, Satan can get any of us if we're not careful. So who are those that Satan can devour? Well, I think we can find out when we look at the Scripture at people that Satan did devour, or at least people that he came close to devouring. You go to Luke chapter 22, verse 31. Luke 22, verse 31. I don't, I don't want him getting me. I know, I know he's going to come after me, but I want to stay protected. I want to stay safe. I don't know about you, but I just... Uh, I'm a, I'm a very careful person. I don't want to get I don't want to get hurt. I don't have a high tolerance for pain. Uh, I don't like it at all. But and I definitely I don't want to fall into sin. I don't want to ruin my life. And so I know this is something that I want to learn. I want to be careful of myself. The Bible says, "Be sober, be vigilant." In verse 31 of Luke chapter 22, it says, "And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you." that he may sift you as wheat. 
Satan, right here, God, Jesus is talking to Simon Peter and he's saying, Satan wants you. He wants to sift you like wheat. That term sift like wheat, from what I've read on the commentaries about it, they take that wheat and they'd shake it up and it would get all the you know, the seed or all the wheat to fall off. And it was like Satan, he was wanting to shake them up. He was wanting to beat them up. Satan wanted Peter. We see where, you know, Peter got in trouble many times, where uh, Peter got himself in trouble. Remember. When Jesus asked his disciples, Whom do men say that I am? And then he asked the question, Who do you say I am? And Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus told Peter, He said, Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, the Holy Spirit revealed this to you. But then Jesus proceeded to tell his disciples about how he was going to be delivered in the hand of sinful men and how he was going to die. And then the Bible says Peter rebuked Jesus and Jesus said to Peter, he said, get thee behind me, Satan. Can you imagine? One minute, Jesus telling Peter, hey, good job, Peter. The Holy Spirit revealed that to you. Peter, who you know, like to be a big shot sometimes. He's feeling pretty good. He's feeling pretty confident. Whoa, the Lord's going to get in trouble? Uh, not on my watch. And he begins to speak. And Oh, this isn't going to happen. And Jesus said, said, get thee behind me, Satan. He said, you're an offense to me. Whoa, I just got called Satan. But well, I believe it was Satan, once again, working on Peter. What Peter was saying there, that wasn't from the Holy Spirit. That was from Satan. Satan wanted Peter. that He desired and he wanted to sift him as wheat. And Jesus said in verse 32, says, But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And Jesus said, I prayed for you, Peter. Jesus, he, he was watching. He knew what Satan wanted. He knew Peter. He watched his life. And he saw... You know, the potential for trouble. And he, and he knew what Satan was looking for. And he knew what could happen. And he prayed specifically for him. And we see just a short time later, you don't have to turn there, but in Mark chapter 14, verse 54, it says there that after Jesus got taken captive by the soldiers, Peter, who said, I'm ready to die for you. I'll be there with you. I'll fight for you. Peter, who actually, when the soldiers did come, you remember what Peter did? He drew his sword. And he went and he cut off one of the soldiers' ears. Now, I personally believe that the reason... I mean, he cut his ear off. I think he was probably trying to cut his head off. And the guy probably did one of these numbers and he got his ear. Unless he, or unless he was just trying to split his skull and just... I mean, but Peter did try he went after one of the soldiers. He was ready to fight. And then remember, Jesus stopped Peter. He said, put away the sword. And then Jesus took that man's ear and put it back on, healed his ear. And I, I think I kind of upset Peter. And it says here in Mark chapter 14, verse 54, it says, and Peter followed him afar off. He didn't stay right there with Jesus. He kept his distance after that. He followed but he followed afar off. Who may Satan devour? I believe those who are straying away from the Lord. At what point can he get you? How far away do you have to be for him to get you? I don't know. But you know what? I wouldn't test it if I were you. I wouldn't try. I wouldn't see how much I can get away with. I wouldn't see how. I wouldn't try to see how far 
the Lord will let you go before He lets Satan have you. I wouldn't do that. But Peter, he followed afar off. And remember what happened. It was He went to go fight for Jesus and then within a couple hours, he's cursing, saying he doesn't, and he's denying Jesus Christ. What happened? How did Satan get him to do that? He followed afar off. He was drifting away. But I believe personally... The only thing that kept Peter from getting in even more trouble is that statement that Jesus said, I've prayed for thee that thy faith would not fail. And the truth is, our prayers can help protect others from Satan. That's why we need to pray for each other. We need to pray for those that we love. If you see somebody straying off the path, you need to pray that the Lord will get a hold of their heart and bring them back into the fold. That might be the very thing that will protect them. We don't know for sure. We can't see exactly what's going on. We can't see the devil as a roaring lion. He he knows how to keep himself hid. We've all seen the documentaries and things of them lions uh, attacking animals, you know, out in the jungles of Africa. And they do they usually go after those ones that are straying away. Well you see how they'll sneak up on them animals and try to catch them off guard. That's how Satan works. And that's why the Bible says we have to be sober and to be vigilant. And many people, they're very careless in their spiritual life. And sometimes they leave the door wide open for Satan to enter in and to destroy their lives. And we've got to be very careful. We need to be careful about what we allow into our lives. You've got to be, you've got to be careful. There's a lot of uh, areas where Satan gets in. You need, to be, you need to be careful what you're watching on your television. You need to be careful what you're listening to on your radio. I mean, all these things, these are opportunities for Satan to, to get in, to put ideas in your mind. I was talking to Brother Lonnie yesterday about how you know I heard of a situation where the advice that somebody was getting from a teenager was advice straight out of a teen movie. I mean, literally, people, they watch this stuff and they think this is the way life's supposed to be. This is how you're supposed to handle that situation. And those things only work in Hollywood. They don't work in real life. They will destroy you in real life. But people, they watch it all the time. And they think, this is, this is how it works. This is how it's supposed to be. And that's Satan getting in our mind, influencing us, and devouring people. So straying away, how far do you have to get? I don't know. I really don't. I, I don't know that. I'd rather stay as close to Christ as possible just to be safe. I, I like to play things safe. I don't want to ride the line. I don't want to see how much I can get away with. That's why, we, that's why you know, we have standards in our life and why we try to be careful about what we allow. Maybe make some rules for ourselves that people might look at and say, ah, you're getting a little carried away. Well, maybe, but you know what? I'm safe. And Satan's not going to get me in this area. You know, I've got a, you know, I've got a no drug policy. I, a little bit's not going to hurt you. Maybe I'd rather not find out. I don't want to see how much I have to drink before I get myself in trouble. I don't want to see how much I have to before I become an alcoholic. I'd rather just not mess with it. Period. And I think I'm, I'm just going to play it safe. How much sin can you get away with? I don't know. When I was a kid, I used to get, you know, sometimes I get away with things, but then sometimes. That very same thing I get in huge trouble for. And you just, your best not to mess with it. Stay close. So those who are straying away, but also those who just get too deep in sin. If, if you allow certain things in your life, and honestly, once again, you know, God doesn't necessarily, in the Bible, draw a line and say, 
okay, don't do this, but if you do a little bit, you'll probably be okay. If you do this much, you're going to get in trouble. If you do this much, you're going to get in really big trouble. Because you know what we all, we're all going to do? We're all going to do just as much as we possibly can without getting in trouble. Remember, when you are growing up, you know, your parents, you knew what you could get away with. You knew how to read them. You knew, how, you knew when they were just threatening you. You knew when they really meant business. And so you knew how to just you stretch things just as far as you can. But look at, at 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 1 through 5. Paul's talking here. It says, It's reported commonly that there is fornication among you. He's talking to church members. He says there's fornication among you. It's, it's a common thing. And it says, And such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. He said, there's something serious going on here. Seriously bad. I mean, fornication is bad, isn't it? Okay, fornication, bad. You know, and there's this idea that sin's a sin. doesn't matter if it's a big sin, little sin. There are some sins that will get you in more trouble than others. There are some things that are sins. There are some things that God hates. There are some things that are an abomination. There are some things that we see in the Bible were worthy of the death penalty. We see there were some that were worthy of maybe stripes. We see, I mean, there's, there's different levels of sin. And here he says, there, it's reported among you that there's somebody that's done something that not even the Gentiles will do. Not even the Gentiles will talk about that somebody married his father's wife. And I don't believe this is talking about his mother, but it's talking about maybe his stepmother. And Paul, well, this is... This is a big problem here. And he said, verse 2, And ye are puffed up, and have not rather mourned that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. He said, this man needs to be out of the church. This is a horrible sin that's going on inside the church. And he said, For I verily, as absent in body, but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that hath so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together in my spirit with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. I believe this man that did this horrible, you know, disgusting, disturbing act was a saved person. And Paul said, what you need to do, he needs to be removed from the church. And basically what you're going to do is you're delivering him to Satan for the destruction not of him necessarily, not of his soul, but for the destruction of the flesh. That he needs to be removed from the protection and from the prayers of the church and we're just going to have to let Satan have this guy. And you know what? That Unfortunately, that's where a lot of people have the sin that they're in, and especially in this day and age we live in, the amount of wickedness that's going on out there. There are some people, even Christian people, there's things they've got themselves into, and what's happened? Satan's devoured them. He's totally got a hold of them. And Paul said, when you've got a situation like that, you need to deliver them over. You know, in a church, we can't, you can't make anybody do anything. We can't make people do right. You know, we can't throw you in jail if you, know, you do something that goes against the beliefs of the church. We, you know, we can't do those things, anything like that. But, so, but at the same time, a church has a right to have some guidance and say, hey, if you're an active member of this church, 
that there are certain beliefs that we that we things that we believe in here, things that you ought to follow, things that we represent and you ought to represent in your life. And when that kind of sin comes in the church, it hurts the whole church. It hurts the whole body of Christ. If you got brother so and so doing it in the church, then somebody else might think, "Hey, this is okay. I can do it too." And before you know it. I mean, you've got all kinds of immorality and junk going on in the church. And right here we see where Paul said he needs, to be, that he needs to be delivered to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. And you get too deep in sin, Satan, he can destroy your life. He can destroy, he can destroy your flesh. There's people out there that literally, uh, because of sin, it's destroyed their flesh physically. You, know, you go and maybe through... Uh, you know, an accident from drunkenness, maybe through you know drug abuse. Uh, I've talked to people who literally their minds are will never be whole. They've been destroyed through through these things. And you get too deep in sin, that's a great opportunity for Satan to devour you. So there are some things as Christians we don't avoid sin so we can go to heaven. If you're saved, you're going to go to heaven. We stay away from those sins. That, so we can protect ourselves spiritually, so we can be useful for God, so we can protect ourselves from Satan. Because when Satan devours you, it hurts. I can't imagine being attacked by a lion physically. That's not a way I would like to go. I, heard, I knew a guy that he, uh, he did a lot of bow hunting over in Africa and was bow hunting a leopard. And when you hunt these leopards, apparently you have to do it at nighttime and they would use one of these red lights where I guess you know they can't really see the light, but you can see them. And he shot one of these things and didn't kill it right away. And apparently this thing started hunting him. And it, it was a long story. Uh, the guy was telling the story, so obviously the leopard didn't succeed in hunting him. But I, I don't remember uh, the exact details on this thing, but basically when those leopards attack you, in just a matter of a couple seconds, they will disembowel you and basically chew your face off. I mean, they do it quick. They do it fast. You die quick when these things attack you. And I remember he's telling that story and I'm thinking, why were you hunting that thing? <laughs> I'm not hunting anything that's going to hunt me back. Okay, maybe you know, some people want to do that, but not me. Once again, I'm a cautious person. I don't like, I don't like pain and I don't want to get disemboweled and have my face chewed off. That's just not something I, I'm interested in. And, but he did that, and I'm telling you, it hurts. And when you get deep in sin, that's why we preach so hard against sin. Because it hurts. It hurts. You know, marriage is breaking apart. That hurts. It hurts bad. You know, losing your children. You know, being thrown into jail, going to prison. That hurts. You don't want that for you. I don't want that for myself. And sin will get me into that. I, I can't even imagine what it would be like going to prison. But you know what? I, I could find out real easy. All I got to do, go get me a gun, get my gun, go to a bank, give me all your money. I'm going to prison. That sin, it, it will ruin my ministry. Boom, done, over. You all are going to be looking for a new pastor and figuring out how you're going to repair the reputation. Now, that's the church where the pastor went and robbed the bank. I mean, Satan, what a victory he would have if I committed that sin. It would destroy me. I would be devoured by my greed and that desire to get money in an unlawful way. It would kill me. And that's why we got, we got to be careful. Because sin will destroy your, it will destroy your life. 
And Satan has devoured many people far greater than me. Better people, better character, I mean, better everything. And Satan's got them. Why? Because you take that step in the wrong direction to sin, it'll destroy you. But also, another one Satan can devour, I believe. Go to Job chapter 1 and verse 6. Job chapter 1, verse 6. This one's a little, you know, this one's a little more difficult. This is one where we all, if we're not careful, this one I think could easily be any of us. And I, I think most of you probably know the story of Job, but Job, he was a perfect and upright man, one that feared God, eschewed evil, he hated evil, a great man of God. The Lord had blessed him in a great way. Nothing could be said bad about Job. But one day in verse six of chapter one, it says, "Now there was a day." when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Satan showed up before the Lord one day, and the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down. And it sounds kind of like 1 Peter 5.8. What do you think he was doing back there in Job? He was seeking whom he may devour. What's he doing today? Seeking whom he may devour. He's going to the Lord. I don't know if he's asking for permission to devour somebody or how it all works. But it says in verse 8, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and is true with evil. Can you imagine? I mean, Satan shows up and God's like, Hey, bragging on Job. You know, God's bragging. I mean, he's pretty much bragging. Hey, have you seen this guy? And Satan, that accuser of the brethren, answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast thou not made an hedge about him? A hedge, a protection, a wall about him? And about his house? I can't... He, Satan, you know what Satan was trying to say here? He said, Lord, why wouldn't Job be good? Look at how you've blessed him. And he said, and, and Lord, I can't get to him. You won't let me. You put this hedge around him. See, Satan wants to get him. Satan wants to get any of us, but I believe God puts a hedge of protection around us when we're in his will. But we step outside that hedge, we're fair game. And Job, he's in that hedge, and he says, Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance has increased in the land. Satan's telling, Lord, Job loves you for sinful reasons. Because he's greedy. Because you've just blessed him so much. Why wouldn't he? In verse 11, But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power, only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. God told Satan, or, uh, or Satan told God here, he's like, if you let me have what he has. If you if you take away, let me take away all that you give him, he'll curse you to your face. You know what I think Satan was saying here? Basically is once you take all those things away from him, he'll curse you. In other words, and I will be able to devour him. I believe if Job would have done that, he would have devoured. Remember what Job's wife kept saying? Curse God and die. Boy, the athletes when they come, they have a great song about that where it talks about cursing God, uh, where he talks about Job's wife and stuff. I need to ask him to sing that one. I'm thinking about that song right now. And uh, great song, another great song. They got a couple songs about Job. I, need to ask, I already asked him to sing one of them. But 
I believe if he would have done that, he basically would have he would have stepped outside that hedge, and Satan would have devoured him right there. But Job didn't do that. But you know what, Job? It was it was tough. It was close. And it said in verse twelve, and the Lord said unto Satan, "All the hath is in thy power, only upon himself." So he, he took everything. He wasn't allowed to touch Job. And we're not going to take time to read the story. But later on, he comes, and the Lord said to Satan again, "You consider my servant Job? You went and took every, you, you let me. You, you took everything he has, and he still has not sinned. He still hasn't done anything." And Satan said, "Well, yeah, that's because you won't let me touch him. You let me touch his body." Then he'll curse you. And the Lord did. He allowed Satan to touch Job's body in a horrible way. And Job still didn't do it. I mean, but I believe if he would have, I believe Satan would have been able to devour Job if he would have doubted God. But Job, boy, he, it was hard. But he kept the faith during that time. He kept on trusting God. He kept believing and God and Satan couldn't get to him. And let me tell you, there's going to be times when difficulties come in your life. God never promised that being a Christian meant everything was going to be peaches and cream, sunshine and roses. Never promised that. Difficult times are going to come. And many times that's when people get devoured and when people fall. That's why, once again, why when you see people going through a hard time, maybe physically or financially, whatever it is, pray for those people, help those people, because Satan's he's going to use that to attack them, and they are very vulnerable at, at that point. And if they, many times, that's when they get out of church. That's when they get away from the Lord. That's when they get involved in other sins. And Satan, he's just there waiting. He's like that lion, just waiting. And as soon as they cross that line, wherever it is, we can't see that hedge that's around us. You know, it'd be nice if you know we could actually see that spiritual hedge and it had a sign on it: "Step past this line, dead." You know, that would be nice if that was there. But it's not there. We can't see it. We don't know when we've gone too far. We don't know when we've crossed the line. And that's why we need to be careful because we all could be lying food for the devil if we're not careful. If we step outside that hedge, Job never got outside of it. God said you can touch his body, but you can't take his life. But I believe if Job would have sinned, his life would have been over. Satan would have devoured him. He would have gotten the victory. And let me tell you, just when those difficult times come, and let me, you know, there's, uh, you know, when somebody's going through those hard times, you lose a loved one, you're facing those battles. I mean, it, it's tough. Nobody else, they, they, nobody knows what you're going through. But you just, you have to remember, God does. Don't give up then. Don't step outside that head of protection. Just keep on trusting in God. Because let me tell you, Satan, he's just waiting. And as soon as he gets the chance, he's going to pounce on you. He's not going to wait. I mean, as soon as it happens, he is going to pounce on you. And you're, you're going to be done for. If it's just you and Satan, we, we haven't got a chance. We've got to stay close to Christ. So, those who are straying away from the Lord... Great danger of being devoured. Those who get too deep into sin. Those who doubt God when things get difficult. And then, back to 1 Peter chapter 5, 8 and verse 9. 1 Peter 5, 8 9. I think we see someone else who Satan can get a hold of. Once again, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist... 
steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You know what it's said to do here, how we protect ourselves from Satan? It says, resist him. Resist him. There's another verse in the Bible that says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Satan, he cannot, he cannot handle and Satan cannot compete against a Christian being obedient to the Holy Spirit. He cannot compete against that. And the Bible says, resist our adversary. We are, not only are we supposed to try to stay close to God so we're protected from the devil, but we're also supposed to be fighting the devil. But those who are not fighting against the devil are in great danger of falling prey to the devil. We've got a lot of people that they want to be good, they want to do right, but they don't want any conflict. Let me tell you something. If you're going to do right, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be fighting. If you're not fighting the devil, you're eventually going to be joining him. You're eventually going to be prey to the devil. I don't like stirring anything up. I don't like any kind of confrontation. If you're obedient to God, you're going to be fighting the devil sometimes. Some people, they want to avoid every battle. Things get difficult in the church. Boom, they're gone. I don't want to get involved. I don't want to have to fight. You know, they, they don't want to take strong stands on anything. They just want to kind of go with the flow. If you do that, you're in great danger. The Bible says, that the devil says, resist steadfast in the faith. Fight him. He's going to be coming after you. And, you know, my dad used to say this all the time. I'm going to steal one of his things. But he used to say all the time, I could beat up anybody. I could beat up the toughest guy in the world if they didn't fight back. And it's true. I mean, there's some tough guys out there, but if they, we get in a fight and they won't fight back, I'll eventually beat them up. They might be able to take me down in one punch. It might take me 50. But if they don't fight back, I'm going to eventually beat them up. And the truth is, same thing with the devil. You have to be fighting against him. You can't just you know lay on the ground in fetal position and just you know you, you have to fight back. And we fight the devil by being obedient to Christ. There are sins of commission and there are sins of omission. Some sins we avoid. One of the ways we fight against the devil, boy, you better get in your Bible. You better you better read your Bible. You better pray. You omit that from your life. That that's a sin. He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Well, I never did anything really bad. But have you been doing anything good? Have you been going to church? Have you been talking to the Lord? Have you been telling others about Jesus? If you're not fighting the devil, you're eventually going to be devoured. We've got to fight against them. We've got you know, that's why we uh, you know in in wars, okay, we can't just be defensive. Sometimes you have to go on the offense. You've got to go after them before they get you. So they can't get strong enough. You know, do we want to wait until some of these countries get their nuclear weapons before we go after them? You know, I don't know what all they ought to do in those things. But you know, we, sometimes we've got to be fighting. We can't just be on the defense. And that definitely goes spiritually. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You've got to be fighting against him. And many Christian people... They just they don't want to get in the fight. They don't want to get in that spiritual battle. And I'm here today to tell you that if you don't get in the battle, if you don't get in the fight, eventually Satan's probably going to find that opportunity to come after you. Because I really, after you got saved, why didn't the Lord just take you to heaven? 
I mean, hey, you know, this world's not that great. Okay, if you're a Christian, obviously, you know, I think it's a little better. You know, God bless your life and you be happy. But I mean, really, you know, if you're saved, if your kids are saved, why not just, Lord, take you to heaven right there? Why do you have to waste your time on this wicked, sinful earth? It's because we have a job to do. We're supposed to be going out and reaching people for Christ. And I've known many people who they were good people. They didn't do any of the bad stuff. But at the same time, they weren't doing the good stuff either. They weren't you know, trying to make a difference. They weren't witnessing to people. They weren't preaching the Gospel. They're not telling others about Jesus. They're not, they're not doing any of those things. We, you've got to get in on the battle and fight the devil. And the Bible says when we do that, he'll flee from us. I like the sound of the devil fleeing from me better than him waiting for me. Can you, have you ever been at the zoo or something and you have some of the animals just looking at you? We were at the zoo with you guys one time and that, some of them reptiles and things and there was one just kind of looking at me and it was in some thick glass. And I, I, did, I, had, I walked up to that glass and I was looking at it real close. And I was doing it because I did it because what I was doing, here's, here's why I was doing it because I was scared to death. And I'm like, there's glass there. I shouldn't be scared of this. But I was. And I was like, I've got to do this anyway. And I am, I'm staring down this big lizard thing that was just looking at me like if that glass wasn't there, he would bite my throat. <laughs> and it, it creeped me out. And I, I thought, man, I would never want to run into one of those things out in the wild. But you know what? There's a lot of animals out there you run into out in the wild. What do they do? They run from you. You know, you know I've, I've, I've done a lot of deer hunting and stuff. A deer, if it came after me, it could take me out. No problem. I've seen where deer attack people, and it's when they start going at you with those front hoofs, that looks painful. But what do, what do deer usually do? They run. Well, I'm not worried about something that's running from me. But boy, those animals that are watching you, that are waiting for that opportunity to come at you, that's why I'm scared of possums. I've had them hiss at me before, and I, I'm, I'm scared of those things. And they, I mean, they look mean, and I, when they're running from me, I'm not too worried, but I've had them stare me down before. And uh, when they start looking at me, I start running. And, you know, that when it comes to the devil, I'm, not, I'm scared of the devil, but not, not because of my lack of faith in Christ, but because I know he is that much stronger than me. When I'm standing next to Christ, I don't, I don't have anything to worry about. I've got that protection. When I got them lizards behind the glass, I've got protection. I'm safe there. But when there's no protection, we're in trouble. And when it comes to Satan, I don't like the idea of him just standing out there watching me, waiting to pounce on me. I like the idea of him running from me a lot better. And the Bible says when we resist the devil, he'll flee from you. And that's why we've got to get in the battle, this spiritual battle, and we've got to actively fight. We've got to fight for the souls of men and women. We've got, we've got to fight for them. We've got to go out and, and spread the gospel. We've got, we've got to take stands against sin. Many people, they, their sins they won't necessarily do, but it's like they don't want to say anything against it. You know what usually happens to those people? They usually end up getting involved in it. But boy, once you've fought for something, it's really hard to partake of something you fought against all your life. Something you've taken a strong stand against. It's, it's hard to get involved in something like that. It makes it much more difficult for Satan to come after you. And 
You've got to understand that Satan does. He wants you. Think of him. I know we can't see him, but I'll, you know, picture that line just out there waiting to jump on you and just think about what he could do. You Think about what Satan could do to your life. And know that at the first opportunity, he will do it. He's not... At the first opportunity that he gets... He's going to do it. When will that opportunity be? How far do you have to go? We don't know for sure, but we do know that He wants to come after. So let's stay as close to Christ as possible. Let's fight against the devil and let's get Him on the run. So with that, let's all stand together.